Hello, this is Melissa Lau, Associate Pastor of Congregational Care and Missions at Wesley Memorial United Methodist Church. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Our sermon series is based on the book of Matthew. Please jump in and learn along with us as we go on this exciting journey. Thanks again for listening. God bless. Our text for today is Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. The Jewish people are God's chosen people, but being chosen by God in no way prevented them from having a very painful history. They were enslaved in Egypt, then the Assyrian Empire came and conquered the northern kingdom of Israel, then the Babylonians came and conquered the southern kingdom, the city of Jerusalem. Then they were ruled by the Persians, ruled by the Greeks, ruled by the Romans, ruled by the Turks, ruled by the British. And then, of course, the Jews in Germany and Eastern Europe had to live and die under the Nazi regime. For over 2,500 years, the Jewish people had no homeland until Israel was reestablished in 1948. So when you look at the history of the Jewish people, As the chosen people, I'm sure there have been many times in their history they thought to themselves, if this is what it means to be chosen, we had rather be unchosen. So when the Jewish community talks to us today about finding joy, we really need to listen. We hear the call to joy in Psalm 100. If you look in your Bibles at Psalm 100, it's usually entitled as a psalm of thanksgiving. But notice how Psalm 100 is put together. First, there are seven imperatives or seven commands. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. So you see seven commands here to approach God in this spirit of thanksgiving. And oftentimes in the Bible, seven is the number that symbolizes perfection. So you could say that Psalm 100 is calling us to perfect thanksgiving. And if you look at the seven commands here in Psalm 100, the very middle command, command number four, is know that the Lord is God. And the word know there in Hebrew doesn't mean just an intellectual awareness, but it means an intimacy, a relationship with this God. So if you know this God, then it should come very easy to us 
to make a joyful noise to the Lord, to worship the Lord with gladness, to come into His presence with thanksgiving, enter His gates with thanksgiving, give thanks to Him, and bless His name. So here in Psalm 100, we have seven commands to worship God in this great spirit of joyful thanksgiving. And then in verse 5 of this short psalm, you hear the three reasons why we ought to approach God this way. Verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. Those of us who know this God certainly know of God's goodness, certainly know of God's steadfast, loyal, tenacious love that always surrounds us. And we know that God is faithful, not just to us, but faithful to all the generations that come after us. So Psalm 100 calls us to a life of thanksgiving. Psalm 100, in many ways, offers us the key to the prosperous, fruitful, spiritual life. You notice here in Psalm 100, we are called to thank God. We are called to live with an attitude of tremendous gratitude. We are called to be persistent in praising God. We're called to be tenacious in thanking God. I know that our culture today is a culture that seems to relish being offended and angry. And when I think about our culture and our tendency to be so easily offended and to be made angry so easily, I think about a verse in the book of Hebrews of the New Testament where the author says this, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and through it many become defiled. So the author of Hebrews of the New Testament is encouraging us to not miss the grace of God by allowing a root of bitterness to be planted in our souls, because that root of bitterness will grow and it will cause trouble. And through that root of bitterness growing in our lives, the author of Hebrews says that it will defile many. We are a culture that seems to be so easily angered, so easily offended. We seem to be a culture of complainers. We seem to be a culture of perennial whiners. We have a dog. I call him Jaxie the Wonder Dog. And recently, Tammy and I took Jaxie on a Sunday afternoon drive. We thought that would thrill Jaxie. And for whatever reason, he just wanted to whine the whole time he was with us in the car. We even stopped at Starbucks and got him a puppuccino. And of course, he was happy while he was enjoying the puppuccino. But as soon as that was gone, he went right back to whining. And I can promise you, Jack C. the Wonder Dog has a great life. 
He really has nothing to whine about. But I guess just on that particular Sunday afternoon, as we were hoping to enjoy that ride with him in the car, he just was in a spirit of whining. You know, it seems like some of us so easily fall into that trap. We seem to be a nation of whiners in so many ways. And the truth is, we all have so much for which to be thankful. We shouldn't need a powerful psalm like Psalm 100 calling us to enter into this spirit of thanksgiving because we all have so much for which to be thankful. We need to learn how to live in that spirit of gratitude because it will make such a difference in our lives and it will make such a difference in the lives of the people around us, the people that have to live with us. We need to learn how to let go of comparing our lives to other people's lives. We need to let go of comparing ourselves to others because that practice never ends well. It always births envy in our souls. Instead of counting sheep at night when we can't fall asleep, perhaps we need to learn how to count our blessings as we lay there restlessly. Instead of focusing in our lives on what we have lost, we need to try to focus on what we have, what we have gained in life. When we look at life, just the way life is structured, life really is a series of losses as we grow older. And living life in a spiritually successful way means that we know how to navigate the losses that come to us in life. And even in the midst of the losses, we redefine what it is that makes us happy. We redefine what it is for which we are thankful. And we need to learn as we make our journey through life to find gratitude for even some of the simple gifts in life. If we look at our lives, we have so much for which to be thankful. Matthew Henry was a great preacher of the late 1600s, early 1700s. He was a great commentator on the Bible. His commentaries are still very much used today. And my favorite passage, though, from the life of Matthew Henry is not from many of his commentaries. It comes from his diary. In his diary, he, he wrote a reflection following an experience in his life where he was robbed while on the road. This is the way he reflected on the experience of being robbed. He wrote, Let me be thankful. First, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my wallet, they did not take my life. Third, because although, although they took my all, it was not much. Fourth, because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. We always can find things for which to give thanks we can do what the Apostle Paul asked of us in First Thessalonians. We can give thanks 
in all circumstances. We can give thanks, not for all circumstances, but even in the midst of all circumstances, we can find some things that can move us into a spirit of thanksgiving. One of my heroes in the Christian life is Corey Ten Boom, and I suspect you recognize her name. She was made known to many, many people in the 1970s through her very popular book, The Hiding Place, where she recounts the story of how she as a Dutch Christian helped save a lot of Jews during the Nazi regime. And in that book, The Hiding Place, she talks about how she and her sister Betsy were arrested by the Nazis and they were placed in concentration camps. And eventually they were moved to one of the worst of all the concentration camps, Ravensbrück. And when they were moved to Ravensbrück, they were placed in an extremely overcrowded, fee-infested barrack. And it was a terrible, terrible situation. But one morning in the midst of a study of 1 Thessalonians, where they heard the Apostle Paul say, to us, to them, to give thanks in all circumstances. Betsy, Corey Ten Boom's sister, said to Corey that they needed to learn how to give thanks even for what they had there in those horrible conditions in Ravensbrook. And at first it really startled and even angered Corey Ten Boom to hear her sister Betsy say that, and she said there's no way she could give thanks for that fee-infested place that they were being forced to live by the Nazis. After a while, though, Corey and her sister Betsy began to notice that they had a great, great deal of freedom for prayer and Bible study there in their barracks. And then they learned eventually the reason they had that freedom for prayer and Bible study there in their barracks was because the soldiers there in that concentration camp stayed away from that flea-infested place. So you see, even those fleas brought blessing to their lives in those horrific conditions in Ravensbrook. It allowed them some space for prayer and Bible study. Sometimes we have to look hard to see God's goodness in our lives. Sometimes we have to practice the spiritual art that we hear about in Psalm 34, where we're called to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. God's goodness is all around us. God's goodness fills our lives because that is who God is. And sometimes we just have to refocus and look at our lives through the eyes of gratitude and see what we have rather than what we lack. So here in this tremendous psalm, we are encouraged in seven different ways to live a life of thanksgiving. Here in this psalm, we are taught that it is by knowing God, knowing the character of our God, being in an intimate relationship with our God that gives us the power of thanksgiving. Here in this psalm, we learn that God is always good. He's good all the time. God's steadfast love endures forever. 
and God's faithfulness is for all generations. And we need to hold on to that regardless of what our emotions are telling us. So we are called to be a people of thanksgiving. And sometimes it is hard work. We are living in a strange, challenging time. It seems almost as if a spirit of frustration, a spirit of anger, a spirit of sadness has descended across our land. We need to be very, very careful, friend, to make sure that this frustration, this anger, this sadness does not take up residency in our hearts. So one more time, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know, know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for we know that the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.